everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about more doomsday, death, and destruction. It's Matthew 24, and I feel like we've already talked about this several times. Those are like... A- crazy lead in i definitely thought we just did a retake and uh thought this was gonna take a different more positive outlook and it totally no. didn't took a no, turn for the worst we're going for it we're going for it so we're reading over matthew 24 if you have been tracking with the podcast we have covered jesus saying these things probably two other times is mark 13 uh and luke 21 so jesus clearly was speaking to this issue uh, what I'm excited about is the last two times I was doing it solo, so now we have Jenny here to balance me out. I don't know how much of this would actually be me balancing it out, because I'm reading this, and I, again, I've read this in the past, but reading it more in depth and really studying what it's saying, I'm like, shoot, I don't like what this says, and it makes me uncomfortable, and it makes me start thinking of those horrible Left Behind movies, which you probably already talked about in other episodes. No. I haven't. I haven't. Interesting. So I remember watching Left Behind as, like, a younger kid and being completely terrified. Like, oh, my word, airplanes are going to start dropping out of the sky. And I don't know, that random guy is going to go over to the Wailing Wall. I don't know. Is that Nikolai Carpathia? That was the, the Antichrist. The Antichrist guy? Yeah. Dang. And Rafe. Rafe's. I, it's crazy that I remember all these names now. I read all the books, guys. I read all the books. Oh, good for you. And see? I think I watched, I don't know if I, I watched one of the movies because I wanted to see Nick Cage in it. Oh, he, Nick yeah. Cage did a Left Behind movie. It was all about, what's his name? What's that guy's name? Rafe. He's the pilot. No, I meant uh, Kirk Cameron. There oh, we go. Kirk Cameron. Yes. Yeah, he did one too. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. So, I mean, if you grew up like we did, you're probably familiar with Left Behind. It is odd I haven't actually talked about Left Behind at all. How did you not talk about <laughs> it? It's because I don't love them. I don't love them. I don't either. Them. They were terrifying. They're really good. For selling books and movies. Yeah. They're not great for actual, like, sound biblical interpretation. No offense, but probably that would be like somewhat anytime, offensive. I like, anytime, like, this specific chapter, I in the commentary that I was reading, it says there's a lot of correlation between this chapter and Revelation. So anytime that I know Revelation is a part of the conversation, I just feel like I have to take a step back and be like... I know nothing because it is all so very weird. And I don't know. So you're saying you know nothing, but actually you have a pretty, like, you have a pretty good idea of what you have thought about it, right? Yeah, it's scary, confusing, and I'm not interested. Tell me what you think about it. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, it just, it's a lot of death and and time with no security outside of, like, God is king. So what is your understanding of how end times work? Um. He's going to come like a thief in the night, and it's just it's it's a scary, uncertain thing in my mind. But like, what will happen, and when will it happen? In a time you don't expect. Okay. And there's gonna be a lot of just like catastrophic, terrible events, and I feel like like some of the things it's saying is like, well, am I witnessing that now? Like, there's random <laughs> earthquakes happening all over the place, killing thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. There's wars and rumors of wars all the time right now. Yeah. Um, just like those kinds of things. There's like go. It literally spoke about in chapter twenty four about how like Israel is going to basically like fall away 
um, as it, again, I'm talking Matthew referencing Revelation. So there's like seven seals in Revelation, things that are going to happen. Um, and one of them is that the Antichrist will like break its treaty with Israel and Israel will fall and many Jews will be killed. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. are we living this? And so I don't really know how funny. many times throughout history people have thought the same thing. But it's just, I don't know, it's just creepy. So people have really loaded opinions about what these things mean. And what's interesting is Jenny, like we, we always go to uh, Logos Bible Software. So shout out to Logos Bible Software. It's excellent. <laughs> it's excellent. I always tell people, use that. Don't use Google. Google is going to give you all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Go to Logos. It's already vetted. But when it comes to end time stuff, you'll start to see people interpreting passages to fit what they believe the end times will be. So Jenny went to her Bible commentary and started reading about how the Antichrist is going to break his treaty and this and this. And, that. and I'm like, where is that in the Bible? Like that it, it you accidentally get so far from what the text says and it's get so revelation. you get so. Yeah, but the revelation does not talk about peace treaties like it talks about times of peace. So people go out on limbs, and I think this is true of anybody that's going to do end times interpretations. You are going to step out on a limb, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I do that too. Like I have a pretty strong view. I'm willing to like still read and get more information, but I have a pretty strong preterist view, partial preterist. If you're into nerdy stuff, um, that means <laughs> I believe most of this has already happened, and don't don't all of a sudden hate me or something. I just think it's really interesting to learn and study about what's going on in this passage because it's easy to get caught up in all the crazy. And there is a lot of crazy. Well, I have a question. So can you help me with timeline then? Because, okay. hold on, here's my question. Yeah. So timeline for me is like, the, and when I read this, this is like a future time where there's going to be all of these things for yeah. Jesus' second coming. And So I th- you're saying that this is happening like, way way long ago yes and that this the coming of jesus is when he came and died is that the idea okay so i'll I'll break this down carefully those of you that have already heard me like you've heard some of this i think this is more detail than what i've done also this is i am not going to get in a fight with you over how you see the end time stuff i do not believe i'm an expert i do not believe that i'm like the final say and i can like hang out with anybody that's that believes most things about how the end times will be um I think it's very important to see, and I said this yesterday, what is Jesus saying and why is he saying it? So he is telling his disciples at this point, we've heard this story several times. He's telling them that you need to stay strong because there's going to be false Christ, false messiahs, false teachers. Mm -hmm. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be earthquakes and birth pains. Um, There's going to be some like final desecration that's going to occur. And then there will be a return. So a full-fledged preterist will say all this already occurred. It was all fulfilled finally um, when the temple was ultimately destroyed and it lays desolate. So they would say, that's all done. I'm not totally in that camp. I think that Jesus is still going to return. What they would say is Jesus' first coming was when he was living and walking and breathing with his disciples. Mm -hmm. Jesus is still breathing, by the way. Um, (laughs) Then they would say his second coming was when he rose from the dead. So it it makes sense numbers-wise. Yep, he's there, then he's dead, which means he's not there. Then he rises from the dead, which means he's there again. Mm -hmm. So they would say it's all completely fulfilled. Jesus already returned. Um. I'm not super into that because I don't think the full council of scripture teaches that. I think that's kind of like a 
hyper-focused view. My view is that there's an already and not yet. So I think many of these things did occur. And if you start to read scripture, if you start to read scripture and history, it's it's very clear that a lot of these things have occurred. So I told you guys yesterday there were several false messiahs. There were four that we know specifically uh, that were called out by Josephus. And Josephus, I may have said this wrong yesterday. Josephus was actually like a Jewish guy who understood um, prophecy. He understood the law. He understood the prophets. So he knew what to look for in a Messiah. And he records at least four different Messiahs that claimed to be Messiahs after Jesus. So the first one was this Samaritan guy that tried to lead a war, got killed by the Romans. The second one, this guy named, was named Theudius. Um, he claimed to be the coming king, killed by the Romans. Um, the next one is an Egyptian guy that tried to raise an army of Jews and Egyptians to fight in Jerusalem. He actually made it into Jerusalem, took over Jerusalem for a short period of time. Um, then the the Romans killed him. You're seeing a trend here. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's this guy, Manahem, uh, who is actually a, a big leader in the Jewish war. It's a pretty famous war in 66 AD. Uh, he raised an army. They they stole supplies from Masada, which is kind of a fun story. He raised an army. They took on the Romans. It actually set off this large, long-scale war that ends up being part of the reason the temple was destroyed in the first place. Um, guess what happened to him? Killed by the Romans. <laughs> the one thing that is unique is Jesus also killed by the Romans, but he didn't stay dead. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you want to claim to be the Messiah... Um, that's all fine and good. The best way to prove it is to not stay dead. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Jesus did. But four recorded false messiahs. So Jesus says, don't be misled. Don't be uh, swayed by these false messiahs. The other thing Jesus says is wars and rumors of wars. One of the really famous things about Rome in the time of Jesus is it was relatively peaceful and there was not many wars going on. What's interesting is that once Jesus leaves the scene, tons of wars Tons of rumors of wars because Rome becomes like very tumultuous. The The emperors are fighting each other. The Jews are fighting the Romans. The Romans are fighting everybody. It becomes very tumultuous. So if you think like, why is Jesus telling his disciples this? Do you think he's telling them about something that's going to happen 3000 years from now? Or do you think he's trying to tell them to be persistent in their faith because they're going to need to be persistent in their faith over the next 30 and 40 years? So the already not yet the ultimate desolation is that the Romans destroyed the temple. We talked about that yesterday. And so that did occur, but I think Jesus will still return. And we look forward to a day when Jesus will still return. I don't know if we know that much about what it's going to be like. Well, that's, I guess, where a little bit of uncertainty comes to, because in my mind, it has to be like this time, this period of time where everything is so bad that he's like, okay, cut it out. It's like when the mom comes in, when like, the funny little playing on the the floor, wrestling on the floor turns into like somebody has a bloody nose all of yeah. a sudden. Like, okay, that's it. So like, what does that mean? What is the final straw in my mind? Like, that's just how I perceive it. What's so interesting is that w- the way I just described things to you, mm-hmm. like if you look at Matthew, if you look at Luke, if you look at Mark, these passages we've been focusing on, if you look at Revelation, if you look at the passages in Second Thessalonians, if you look at the passages in Daniel, so many of them seem like they are describing that historical period in time. That is right after Jesus. I understand it could be describing a period of time that we have not yet gone through. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting to me that always gets my attention is if there's going to be this amazing, powerful, influential antichrist that is going to, 
perform this ultimate desolation in the temple, well, there would have to be a temple. Mm -hmm. There is no temple right now. Right. So it's important. To me, it's impossible to think that we're going through the end times unless the end times are very long because they'll have to build that sucker and they'll have to they'll have to take over the Temple Mount, which is not going to be a no feat. big deal thing. You yeah. guys see what's going on in Israel right now. So it, it just seems like, OK, like if you feel like we are coming into the end times, they're at least going to be as long as I don't know. They're going to be a long time. But you know what is crazy? That reminds me, and maybe we're getting a little long here, but when we were in Israel in 2014, uh, we had actually met a group yeah, of yeah. individuals who were like sold out. Now, these were Jewish individuals sold out on the fact that they were going to remove the people from the Temple Mount, destroy what was there to rebuild the third temple. Mm -hmm. So like that is not just some random thought that's like, oh, well. They'd they, have to do that. There are some people that like commit their lives to that. Like, well, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. They have like, they have all what? the they have all the furnishings completed. Yeah. So there's a museum there where you can see the temple furnishings that are completed, like made out of gold, same same dimensions, same shape, same size, everything. They have mm -hmm. it all. Mm -hmm. And I remember we talked to some of the people. who were like, well, the Alaska Mosque is right there. The Dome on the Rock is right there. How are you gonna just build the temple there? And the guy was like, well, we'll just blow it up. We're like, what? <laughs> Well, okay then. Have wow. a nice day. And it was very conversational. Like, well, yeah, of course. Like, okay. So Bye. I guess this is a, this is a, I don't know. It's an important conversation to have right now because obviously there's a lot going on in Israel right now. Mm -hmm. What you believe about the end times could cause you to handle what's going on there differently. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just, it's really important that your theology of the end times is informed by the Bible, by God's word, and not left behind. If you grew up like us, um, you spent a lot of your childhood reading left behind. And now when you hear something in the Bible, you actually think about left behind instead of the Bible. Uh -huh. uh, because they're pretty, they're pretty compelling books, but they are fiction. And you need to be really, really careful about fiction informing you over God's word. It's a very valuable lesson to learn in your life. And it's really important, I think, too, to like think about that. Like one of the only pictures that has been painted for us that most people resort to about end times is that it's not yeah. actual truth. So like, why aren't we taking the initiative to paint that picture better in church today mm -hmm. or like paint an, a better understanding of that so that it's not like we go to to exactly. that movie or to those books to exactly to form a foundation it should be god's word and what it actually says and and what you believe about the end times whether you like it or not will inform how you handle current events yeah and so if jesus was teaching his disciples to be um watching and discerning but also to be um patient and enduring that is more compelling to me than then God's just going to whip us out of here. Mm -hmm. it, do it doesn't seem like that's what God would want us to do. God is so patient and compassionate and long-suffering. He doesn't seem like a God to me. And again, I'm not dying on this hill, guys. But it doesn't seem to me like God would be like, okay, get all my people out of there and kill them all. Like, that just doesn't seem like God wants to do. Seem, he yeah. does do judgment. And he does take people's lives and he does judge whole cities. That's what he wanted to do in Nineveh, but he allowed them to repent and they repented. It seems like God has far more joy in repentance than destruction. So we talked for quite a while. Um, 
this stuff is really interesting to me. Please hear me. This is not the hill I'm going to die on, but I am telling you pretty clearly how I see this. And I understand that if you see it a different way, um, that's fine. We can still be friends. <laughs> we can still get along. We're still going to the same heaven. <laughs> uh, hopefully you get something out of this, man. Every time I feel like I stick my neck out there too far, I say, Hey, if you disagree with us, send us the email, but, uh, I hope you're getting something out of this as we go through the Bible. I think it is so valuable to study God's word and understand who God is through his word instead of left behind. <laughs> so we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's plan. Your part. Don't forget. It is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Matthew chapter 24. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginnings of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in his house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been seen from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead you astray. If possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand, so if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, 
And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see all these things, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom his master has set over the household, to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed, and begins to beat his fellow servants, and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour when he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.